Uh, hey, everybody. I don't know if this is your first time listening and this is your first episode. I don't know if this is the second episode that you're watching, because this is our second episode, technically. Um, yeah, so that's that's all I have to say about that. But anyway, uh, this is 52. Um, the 52? Yeah, we're reviewing... Um, 52 movies that Netflix has released this year, although they've released way more, but we're not going to sit there and watch all of those. So uh, we decided to just pick as they come out. Um, I chose this particular film. Uh, I was looking at their Wikipedia page and it just said science fiction and I saw Korean. And then I was like, all right, this is what we're going to watch. I really didn't look into the plot. I didn't look at anything about it. Um, and I kind of regret it. But here we are and we're doing it. So uh, Greg's here too. So he can talk too. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. It says it's regarded as the first Korean space blockbuster. Well, I'm glad we got to see something. I guess a new genre be born. Uh, yeah, okay. So when Greg and I were talking about this previously, we said that it reminded us of a couple other films that we'd seen. And I think we combined it with a review from a critic. And I made a sort of banter on it because they, they compared it to three movies being guardians of the galaxy, Wally and Elysium. So if, if you needed like a really quick, what is this movie about? It's basically Guardians of Walesium. Yes. <laughs> Honestly. So Google's uh, little trailer text is, After snatching a crashed space shuttle in the latest debris chase, Spaceship Victory's crew members find a seven-year-old girl inside. They realize that she's the human-like robot wanted by UTS space guards and decide to demand a ransom in exchange. Uh... Yes, I kind of hate these little trailer things because they give too much away. But also, not enough to go on. No, because it also doesn't accurately describe like the film at all. At all. Um, but I'd also like to add that it reminds me of... Uh, oh no, we mentioned Wally. I was going to say Monsters, Inc. and Firefly. Um, but that will come as we, as we go through the plot. Uh, so, the year is 2092... And Earth has become nearly uninhabitable due to, like, uh, pollution and everything. Um, and there is this, like, little place, like, kind of above Earth's orbit um, where the rich people go and everything's totally fine and whatever. That's kind of like the whole Elysium thing I guess they're getting at. Um, and eventually uh, there's this other planet, Mars, that is going to be, like, the new Earth, essentially. Um, and that's run by uh, UTS founder James Sullivan. Um, so that's, I guess that's kind of like the, the basis of what's happening here. Yeah, like, because of everything that we've done, the Earth is in an ecological disaster. Nothing grows on there anymore. The air is acrid. You can't really breathe it without wearing, like, a filtering device unless you're indoors. Everybody's sort of in this weird rat race to nowhere because they'll never actually be accepted into that sort of floating halo or to the Mars colony because they're not part of the upper class basically so everybody's kind of fighting with each other but also against each other in the hope that maybe they'll become a UTS citizen 
Yeah, and um, UTS is kind of weird because it it's sort of the government of the time. But it's um, also just a private corporation. Yeah, so it's just a private corporation, but they do govern everyone, uh, keep an eye on, you know, whatever. Um, but many non-citizens of that weird, like, world that other people get to live on or whatever, the rich people, uh, they work as space sweepers, uh, which means they collect space debris floating in Earth's orbit and they sell it back to the company for survival. Um, so the plot basically follows this group of swoop, uh, space sweepers on their ship Victory. Um, so which is like kind of confusing to me, the economy of things. Uh, they never really explain that. No, but they, like, they, we see them drop off one shipment total in, in the entire movie, and there was, like, 800 pounds of titanium, random, like, carbon nanotubes and stuff like that, and they got paid, like, $700 for 800 pounds of titanium, which I almost think it was, like, 800 tons of titanium. But like, how does that work financially? And then they're in debt. Everybody's in debt because UTS taxes them for everything. Like, they hit one small antenna. They basically lost all the profit from that trip. This is basically just America today. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> there's it don't there's really taxes make any sense. and fines on everything that they do. Everything's really expensive, but... Somehow the stuff that they bring back isn't expensive. So like water, expensive. Not that they ever mention an actual price. But somehow titanium, not expensive. Because they don't get paid very much at all for it. It's weird. You know, immediately again, a weird vibe. Um, so anyway, the the crew, there's there's four of them. I'm not going to say their names because... I'll butcher them, but I'll Gregory will say them, and then I'll talk a little bit about them. So the Victory's crew is Kim Taeho, who's basically their pilot. Tiger Parks, who is sort of their engineer of the ship. He powers the engines. Bubs, who's an android, and Captain Jang. Okay, um, so Tiger Park, he was basically a drug lord on Earth, um, but he decided to, like, not live that life anymore. Like cartel status. Yeah, he was. As, he made a lot of money. As you dig into his past throughout the movie, he was like murdering people, cutting hands off. He was a bad bitch, and he had a lot of money. And then he was wanted, and I guess that's the reason why he left. He yeah. got arrested in like Ohio. Yeah, he decided to leave. Um. Okay, let's see. Oh, yeah, Bubs used to be a robot soldier, but now helps repair the ship and casts the net for space junk. Um, what he's really saving up for is a skin graft. So this is a little weird. Let me explain what this is about. Um, so he looks like a little shiny robot. He looks like kind of... He looks kind of like the the robot from Star Wars. I don't know what that guy's name is. Rogue One? No, like the old about... one. No, no, no. Oh, C-3PO? Like, a, kind of, but not really. Like, he looks You're more high You're just saying he's a humanoid robot. No, but the color, too. He was silver. I thought he was gold. 3PO was gold. This guy was silver? I'm pretty sure Bubs was silver. I think Bubs was gold. I don't know if it matters, but Bubs... This is a weird um, tangent. Bubs is trans. Yeah. And Bubs wants to save up money to look 
basically, basically like the Terminator. Like a, so like a woman. But a K-pop star version of the Terminator. Yes, obviously. The point is that his body is just covered with, uh, you know, skin. He looks human. And also, I guess Bubs is she, um, which comes out later. But it's interesting. Um, okay, let's see. Captain Jang, uh, child genius. Um, so anyway, she was a part of the UTS growing up and she made several high tech inventions for the company. But after finding out like what their whole deal was, she was like, fuck that. She even tried to kill the founder, James Sullivan, and she was super close, but it did not happen. She was also kind of like his adoptive daughter. I didn't quite get those vibes i mean i thought i don't know i don't i feel like he just cast anyone out that's i don't know well it was because they said that she was one of the only well the first genius genius is like i guess a, a class of humans that uts raises yeah she was the first one ever uh and then Teho, uh once a child soldier Okay, so he was a child soldier, but he was, like, really, really good. The way that they d- depict him is that he was, like, number one. Like, he had he had lots of money. He had, like, this really cool, like, house, like, whatever. Um, one time, I guess on, like, some sort of mission he was on, he, like, murdered this family, and he found a little baby alive. And for some reason, that, like, switch did something in him or whatever. So he, he took the baby home and raised it as his own daughter, um, and after that, he, he basically was shitty at his job because he refused to hurt anyone. Um, and a year later, uh, after he'd been thrown out, whatever, he was kind of living on Earth, um, got, had like a bad gambling problem. No, not on Earth. He was in the factory. Was that not Or on no, Earth? he was in one of those weird tangential space stations because that's how she ends up being lost lost that's another thing i don't understand but yeah yeah (laughs) okay fine he wasn't on earth he was somewhere um and anyway he uh he lost his daughter in an explosion which is another weird thing we'll get to later like i don't know what their definition of lost is um i'm pretty sure the bitch is dead vague yeah (laughs) their definition is really vague and we can actually talk about this one part basically he lived on like some weird space station as a homeless guy he got into this is all after he got kicked out of uts obviously he's still living with suny they're in the streets he's like gambling at weird bars and stuff like that and an explosion happens which goes further into depth later but she gets blasted out into space and apparently this happens frequently because there's an entire service based around this where uts retrieves people who have been launched into space but they're dead well no they never say she's dead but they're dead and not only are they dead dead, their bodies would be eviscerated because the whole point of the movie is that they're collecting space junk which travels at thousands of miles an hour and would have to just demolish a child floating through space no the, the way that they, they do this whole thing is like okay if you have like a hundred thousand dollars some ridiculous amount they're like we can find your loved one within 72 hours find right the word find as in they are lost but we will find them for you years pass before he gets any sort of money to come back and find her find you know but anyway we'll get back to that later because that i guess 
comes again around the end of the film. Um, but so his sole purpose right now is to work up enough money to find to pay for UTS to send out a retrieval team to find his daughter. Find his not dead daughter, supposedly. Um, okay, so basically, uh, you know, that's setting the scene for you. Um, and where things start to change is they, they pick up a car floating in orbit. They discover a child in it who's inside that car is Dorothy. Just a little girl. Uh, yeah, so we end up finding um, Dorothy. Uh, so by all intents and purposes, she's just like a little girl. Um, but the news reports that there's a robot named Dorothy and a wep- and she's a, wep- ugh, a weapon of mass destruction inside of her created by a terrorist group, Black Fox. We'll get more into that later. Um, so, uh, Greg, you can talk a little more about Dorothy. I'm getting a little lost. <laughs> All right. So they, we see them in their first and maybe only sweeping action in that they're flying the spaceship victory. Uh, a bunch of other space sweepers, which this is where the movie starts to get confusing to follow is because they're in our future, I guess. So they all have universal translators and everybody on earth is, seems to be doing this space sweeping operation because our crew speaks Korean, but there's a French crew. There's a Spanish crew. There's a Dutch crew. There's a, an Arabic speaking crew. There's a Mandarin speaking crew. And all of that is assaulting your ears while the subtitles try and keep track of who's speaking and what language they're speaking in. All of the other space sweepers are trying to collect this one piece of trash floating through space. Victory comes out of nowhere because apparently they're the hot shots who try and steal all the garbage from everybody else. They manage to pull it off. They pull it in. They go and sell their stuff, which is where I got to the confusing economics. And then they like have a car that was part of the trash or some kind of spaceship. I don't know. I don't even know why they refer to it as a car. And they open it up and there's this little girl inside of it. And we've seen maybe two or three times so far little blurbs of media in their world talking about a Black Fox terrorist group that has planted a bomb inside of a UTS robot named Dorothy. And that she looks like a regular old little girl, but it she goes off, is going to blow up everything. So everybody's immediately like freaking out they find a phone with a bunch of missed phone calls on it they decide that they're gonna hold her ransom but sell her back to the black foxes because if they were to contact the space guard they're just gonna get in trouble like even though they haven't done anything they've only just found her in garbage which is their job clearly uts is a little antagonistic and they would either get fined taxed or basically just thrown in prison or killed um it should also be noted like during this time that different members of the crew eventually warm up to dorothy um so it becomes like a moral dilemma to to hold her ransom because tiger starts to she looks like a five-year-old no she doesn't just look like one and She, she acts like one too well not just acts like one but she literally eats she shits like she 
she's no, there's nothing robot like about her. She's drawing them. Yeah, she draws them. Book. Calls them uncle. You know, like she's like a little cutie. You know, so <laughs> so Tiger is the first one who really starts to fall for her though. And which is crazy because, because he's the he's drug the lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think you know, it, it, it's it's that's the cute part, I guess. Like, I guess it reminds me of that one. Yeah, that's kind of what reminds me of like Monsters Inc. a little bit. No, I mean I don't like Boo. What reminds you of Monsters Inc. is the fact that later on she starts disappearing and causing them issues. I just like Boo. Yeah, I don't like when people disappear on you and cause problems. It's like the most annoying thing you can do. So just they, sit still. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so they end up calling the only contact on that phone through like an encrypted channel. They use this weird translator to talk to this guy in Spanish. They set up the ransom like drop they go to a nightclub and she disappears like she she just walks away even though this is the the transfer and they're technically bringing her back she knows that they're bringing her back to whoever was calling her they find her again the whole deal goes off because it turns out uts has been listening to everything they're saying so they're super hopped up mecha human police show up and start blasting everybody like killing people in the nightclub um they start getting shot at dorothy does like some kind of weird bullshit her eyes start glowing and she creates a force field around them that absorbs the soldiers bullets so now we're thinking maybe she is a robot right like that could possibly yeah this is like some astro boy shit um and then oh wait does it i don't know if we find this out yet Yeah, no, we still don't know that she's a robot. Um, oh, there's this interesting plot point. So after all this crap happens, Dorothy and Teho, they find the tomatoes on the plant that Dorothy had helped revive from a dead tree and sell them. So I guess this is the first time we get a little bit of a, like, what's up with Dorothy? Like, why is this happening? Well, we saw her, we saw Tiger trying to cultivate this tomato plant. It was dead. Like, he only grew one leaf. The leaf fell off. It was sad. And then she walked over in a point where nobody was around and sort of brought the tree back to life. So I guess that's the second point where we see her being a little, like, like what's not up with Dorothy? human. Yeah. Um, um, the guy who was doing the ransom seemed, like, really emotional about the fact that he didn't get her back for the money. And he referred to him, referred to Dorothy as Cottenham, which it, she says to the crew is her Korean name. Teho is, like, very dismissive of this. He still thinks she's completely a robot. But Tiger starts becoming a little more keen on her and suggests they keep her. Um, but Teho just decides that they're going to set up another meet to ransom her again. Um. So, anyway, all this is happening. She sells the tomatoes, whatever. Like, things are kind of going okay. It's getting uh, campy. Yeah, it's getting a little campy. But then, uh, some people try to kidnap Dorothy. Um, and it turns out they're just space junk collectors, like the people that they knew. And they were like, what the fuck? Why are you trying to steal Dorothy? And they explained that they're actually the Black Fox uh, organization, but they're not a terror- terrorist organization. In fact, they're an environmental organization. Um, but they're being slandered uh, by the UTS because they don't want to, they don't give a fuck about them, really. <laughs> and that goes back to her being like, boo. What? Why does she, she? Why would to, you walk away by yourself to take a shit? 
Yeah, she's often, I guess they use it as a plot point, like, or a maneuver. But, yeah. She it's acts really like anno- a human child. She's annoying um, in that sense. She's just more, like, cuter than Boo, I guess. Um, but, yeah, we find out about the organization. Uh, and then we also find out from, from them that Dorothy is not a robot, but that she is a human girl who got sick, and her dad was, like, some hotshot surgeon who injected her with like nanobots these aren't real things people but the the, the way they function in this world is that she they're like well the way nanobots always function in in science fiction they're somehow like the size of atoms and they do all kinds of weird functions so they somehow repair her congenital nerve disease but then her dad starts to realize that she can do like other things with them. They create, they end up forming some kind of symbiotic relationship with her where she can control them and they do things for her besides just healing her naturally. Um, yeah, she's actually what they use to build Mars. Um, we find out later. Uh, she allows things to grow. So just like that tomato plant, she like cultivated an entire planet. Yeah, so Sullivan ends up using her to create like something he called super plant number one, which he used to terraform Mars, but he made it out to seem like he invented that thing and that he's not basically abusing a little girl into creating an oasis on a different planet. Um, and, but the issue is that, uh, James doesn't want her around anymore. Um, because he wants to maintain <laughs> the fact that he is the one that, did yes. This. So he, he wants to kill this little girl, which was very difficult um, actually, because of the nanobots, like she, it has to be like some crazy sort of explosion that needs to take place. Um, so that's why he needs her, her back. Uh, I don't know. There's like some sort of ma- Greg will probably explain this better, but there's some sort of math about like how they're going to blow up the world and Dorothy has to like be a part of it, but it's got to be like catastrophic yeah. unless she won't die basically james sullivan hates everybody on earth and thinks of them somehow as morally inferior it's a moral though, thing it's not about money supposedly even though he's both a genocidal murderer and a personal murderer because we see him kill people firsthand but his whole plan is to put dorothy on the factory which again is that facility that the sweepers use to both house their ships and sell the scrap to UTS. It's big enough that if he blows Dorothy up on the factory and the factory loses its ability to maintain orbit, it will crash into the earth so hard. It's basically just going to tear through the crust of the planet and destroy the entire thing. Earth will never be hospitable again. Everybody on the UTS halo is just going to fly over to Mars and, Humanity is going to exist over there. Yeah, sorry. I don't know science. But um, that's that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, Sullivan does get a hold of Dorothy. Oh, ki- wait. That was, that was the other part. The bomb that he's using, technically, even if Dorothy isn't on the factory, it's still going to kill her. Because of the fact that it's a hydrogen bomb, and this I don't think is real, not that I've looked into it, supposedly the hydrogen bomb's explosion is going to release a sort of spray of what they called krypton atoms, or like some krypton wave, and the actual reach Those of that wave people. 
I doubt it. They are. Is 5,000 kilometers. So even if she was just in their ship and they were flying away, if he set off that hydrogen bomb on the factory, it would still kill her because the nanobots would stop working because of the Krypton wave and her nerve disease would like come back. Like when, when somebody has cancer and it comes back. Uh, true. Um, and those things are real. I looked into that. Just, are they really? Just kidding. I wouldn't know anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, Sullivan does get a hold of her. Um, and I, he kills her actual father, uh, which is super sad because they had just reunited. Um, he, he doesn't kill the crew. He kind of, well, he humiliates them all in a different kind of way, I guess. Um, and he definitely killed all of the black foxes. Those people are dead. They're so dead. It I don't know why he left crazy. the crew behind, but all of those people are very much dead. The Just father slaughtered. is dead. Yeah. Um, I think the most tragic thing, though, was that he left money uh, for... Wait, what's his name? Tejo? For Tejo. Because yeah. he loves this sort of moral gamble. It's whether he provides you... With this stupid situation, and he's like, you choose one or the other. But you're really going to end up losing on either one. Well, yeah, because he'll make it so that, you know, it, it doesn't really make any sense. But he's like, you know, you're going to take this money, and I'm going to take Dorothy. He's taking Dorothy anyway. But, um... Yeah, like, if Tejo didn't take the money, he was going to leave Dorothy behind? No. no. So Tejo takes the money because his daughter's still fucking somewhere in space. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, all right, fine, fuck it, I'll take the money. And the rest of the crew comes to, they're like, we're going to go get Dorothy. And fuck he, the money. Yeah, fuck the money. And he's like, well, I'm going to go find my daughter. They're like, yeah, you do that. So he goes to this this agency, and he's like, it's been, you know, however long... It, over it's got to have been years at this point i don't even know how old his daughter would be and he gives them like a hundred thousand dollars or something and they're like we can find her in 24 hours for that kind of money i'm like she's been dead but okay for close to the three because apparently there's three years before your loved one leaves earth's orbit entirely what? which doesn't even make sense to me either because if that depends on trajectory the thrust of the person, like whether they entered a, a weird low earth orbit. Why wouldn't that person, it was a small explosion close to the Earth's surface. Gravity would just pull that bitch to the ground and she would have crashed into earth or really just disintegrated on the way into the atmosphere a I'm long time ago. Up. I don't but know. somehow she's been floating through space for three years. And this lady's like, we're going to find her today. So the way this ends up working is I think he gets, like, some of her remains. Like, I don't know if it's, like, her coloring book. Like, maybe the jacket she was wearing. And then Dorothy is used as, like, a weird conduit. I don't even know if this happens yet. But, like, he can talk to her through Dorothy for, like, a minute. But well, really, happens at the end. Yeah, I get that. But that's the only thing that ends up happening. But it's even that, it's like, she's got to be dead. That but doesn't how, make any sense. How did she... they even find her clothes, crayons, and a coloring, and a writing book? I don't know. <laughs> Three years in space? But the Crayola's, ending does... Crayola is really that structurally sound? But even that ending makes no sense either. Through the nanobots? What? As they say in court, disregard those statements. We'll get to those Fine. at the end. Disregard. I don't know. That was just me having a mental breakdown because I don't understand the science. Um... Anyway, Tejo finds like his daughter's korean Close. writing book whatever that is i assume it's like a, a language study book 
And he, like, gets a weird flashback about cutting him or Dorothy and decides to come back, throw all of his money into the garbage, which didn't really make sense to me. They could have still kept Sullivan's $4 million and not really given a fuck. But they all throw it into the trash chute, send it out into space, and say, we're going to go save her. Yes. Okay, so then Sullivan goes live announcing the Mars program. The bomb has been armed in the factory. And Dorothy is strapped uh, to a chair. Um, and the gang... Dis- oh, yeah. They discover the bomb can cannot be diffused. It can only be destroyed um, if anything in its, is in its blast range. But also destroy any nanobots in the vicinity of 5,000 kilometers. I, this is the part I don't, get, I don't follow. I think Greg's going to have to... What? That's what I was saying. <laughs> But it's basically also what I already talked about. In that, So they get to the factory. Since Sullivan took her captive, she's now tied to the actual bomb. They find out that the bomb can't be diffused. It's going to destroy everything, but it's also going to kill those nanobots. Like what I mentioned earlier with those fake Krypton waves. So they get set up to fly 5,000 kilometers away from the factory. Which, at this point, they're saving Dorothy, but sort of condemning everybody else on Earth to die. Because the factory's still going to crash into the planet, like, whether they save her or not. Um, but then they get interrupted by Soldier Number 1, who is sort of Teho's replacement in the police force. And I can't tell if they're just mechanically tuned or if they have some kind of genetic enhancements but this this chick is like crazy strong like bubs who was a former military robot basically just gets shredded by her she like takes his legs off and somehow tiger park ends up like beating the crap out of her and sending her off into space he did do that i don't know how he's pretty cool actually but The team sends out a warning on the emergency channel about everything that's going to happen. So, as they fly out of the factory, even though the Space Force is waiting for them in in a bunch of drones waiting to to shoot down their ship, the other space sweepers come to their aid and start using, like, the sweeping technology to take care of the drones. Um, Sullivan attacks them. Like, he comes out personally in his own ship, latches onto theirs, and is trying to tear them apart as they're, again, trying to fly past that 5,000-kilometer limit. And in classic villain form, I guess he starts monologuing about his entire plan, and they broadcast it on the emergency channel for everybody to hear. Okay. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> what? What do you want me to say about that? I don't know. Say what you want. Uh, okay, I'll just keep going. We'll so keep going. they manage to get it past the blast range. Like they. I don't understand any of this part of the movie, so you have to finish talking about it. Okay. I just I know you. things turn out all right. Actually, this this wiki description failed to mention one point which is actually important to the part that i'm about to read to you at some point 
halfway through the movie, I think after the first time the ransom failed, they fly into what they call the Lagrangian point by accident in a way to evade the a patrol. And the way they describe the Lagrangian point is that it's a a sort of area of space that's infested with corrupt nanobots that eat and destroy everything that flies into it. But because Dorothy has her abilities, she somehow communicates with the Lagrangian nanobots and tells them not to destroy the ship and almost fixes it up a little bit. So we get back to the final encounter with Sullivan. He's tearing their ship apart. They're maybe 4,800 kilometers away from the factory at this point. Tiger Park pulls off some kind of weirdness because I'm not actually sure how the engines even work in this ship. He like presses a bellows to stoke a nuclear fire, which is impossible. They activate a booster, which is a one-off and only works for like 20 seconds. They finally get past that 5,000 kilometer limit with like two or three seconds before the bomb explodes Sullivan's still tearing apart their ship and he rips off the cover for their storage compartment and the hydrogen bomb is inside of the ship. So they weren't it at the beginning. It seems like they're taking Dorothy away from the bomb, but they ended up taking the bomb away from Dorothy. So she's just safe with one of the space sweepers by the factory and they're sacrificing themselves to save her and the rest of the earth. Bomb goes off, Sullivan dies, they die, Earth is saved. But then, somehow, Dorothy controls the Lagrangian nanobots from, like, 5,000 kilometers away, saves their lives, and pulls them back within seconds. James Sullivan's life is not saved, just so you know. Clearly. She but- decided to let him die. This little girl. Why do those nanobots survive the Krypton wave? Um, plot hole maybe, or a science hole. Maybe it's not. It doesn't exist. Don't know. None of it exists. But if if the whole point is that hydrogen bombs destroy nanobots, why are those not only the only ones that survive? How the fuck does she control them from so far? If that was possible. Call some of those nanobots to just carry the bomb away. Dorothy's like five. I don't know if she knows to do that. Then how did she know to save them from... I don't know, Greg. Beyond the edge of the... But we like have the, to talk about the, the aftermath of this battle. So this can be done. So basically, UTS apologizes now that they're not... Run by James Sullivan, even though yeah, everybody runs... from the company was still kind of in on it. I don't know what their whole agenda was. They never really talk about it. Um, but they apologize, and they promise to make Earth more habitable. Um, so, Bubs gets the skin graft. She's looking good. Uh, Dorothy's adopted by the crew. And basically, Dorothy helps grow trees and, you know, makes Earth more habitable. And they continue to, like, space sweep. That's kind of how it ends. It's not really super ambitious. And they seem, like, moderately more well off but also still clearly poor if they're sweeping for garbage 
Yeah, I think it's a chosen poverty um, because they have this little girl who will grow anything. I mean, she literally just made the earth habitable again. You'd think she would be like, like they a would queen have some kind something. of a, allowance, allowance <laughs> from anybody. I don't know what would happen with Dorothy, um, but yeah. So this movie was a little bit like it felt like really two movies again. Like I don't know what's the deal with these movies, but like the first half was slow. The second half picked up, but confusion ensued for me anyway. Um, that could be an IQ issue, but that could also be a writing issue. I don't know. It was a bit of a writing issue. Uh, and then this we also need to talk about was that it's basically the United Nations in terms of languages um, because there, every language was present in this film. So, you know, be okay with subtitles. And even with the subtitles, be okay with having to go back maybe five seconds at a time probably 20 times to understand what certain people are saying because so many people are speaking so many different languages and even the only guy that speaks english speaks english in sort of a jamaican slang so you don't really understand what he's saying actually i would love to know if anyone out there who's listening who is jamaican if they could follow what he said please it was crazy Yes. Like, he would say three words, and the subtitles would be seven words long. So, I don't know. I just want to know. I just want to know what you think. Um, so, yeah, Greg, what'd you think of the movie, like, on the whole? This is our second film. Did Netflix do better this time around? It was more entertaining, for sure. I don't... It was a little... It was just too long, for me to say that it was worth the watch, I want to say. I didn't find it to be worth the watch. It was like just too long for that because it took so long to watch this movie. If it was an hour and a half, it would have been kind of fun. Um, I'm trying to think if there's people who probably... Was there enough for them to cut for it to even be that short though? Yeah, I definitely think so. Like that whole nightclub scene it wasn't really necessary to move the plot along. Not well, really. that's how we found out that she was human. We could have found that out in other ways. True. Much shorter ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even the whole it's subplot just a, about the whole the, thing is a clusterfuck. Yeah, I mean, even the whole daughter of a, like, oh, I'm gonna find my daughter, like, and uh, can I talk about now that like, he got to see fucking yes, his daughter through Dorothy's end, mind? They, I don't know who does it really because they don't describe whether it's like some third party company or UTS. But they somehow, they inject uh, Teho with nanobots now. And then mixing with Dorothy's nanobots, they somehow connect to his daughter. I don't even know how the fuck that makes sense. She's been in space for three years. If her physical body even exists anymore, because we don't, I don't even know how that's possible. Because when... Captain Jang was outside of the ship. She got hit with a fucking piece of debris the size of a pea and almost died. How has her body just been floating lifelessly through Earth's orbit for three years? And what's what's with the three-year arbitrary you-leave-orbit number? I also would like to say that Dorothy's just cuter than his previous daughter, and neither one of them are biologically related to him. So really just move on. Sorry. Not sorry. But he has like this weird interaction with her, which I can't, I don't understand if it's meant to be symbolic or if they're literally somehow connecting to her brain. 
all he sees is his daughter tell him to like be a good person or some shit Which like she'd that. she said in real life. It she, could have just been a flashback. I almost think it was. And it was so short. It was so short. And I was like, oh, this hang up for this. It was just him wearing white clothes in a white room with his daughter wearing white stuff. It was a lot of white and like nothing else. I really. Oh, I would also like to add that Greg thought two of the actors were in Parasite. And then he was bugging me about it when he was texting me. He's like, you know, and then I went and checked and I was like, no, they were not in Parasite. They're just Asian. They're not just Asian. I mean, fine. They're all Korean, but that doesn't mean that you, you know, some people can't tell people apart. That's not on me. But anyway, I hope that our third film will be, um, a more enjoyable, like just a normal film. Like it feels like going to the movie theater. Cause again, this does not feel that way. The dig did not feel that way. Honestly, I'm not even sure if the next one is going to be that good. We have 50 more to go, people, but two are down. (laughs) 50 more to go. We're going to keep it fresh in terms of genres. We have to catch up because we're behind. Yeah. Because of life. Uh, But we'll, you know, we'll have, yes, that's what we're going to do. Hopefully they won't be as bad as these have been. What number would you give it? Out of 10? Um... Last time we gave the other one like a really high four. Was it a high four though? We said it was a. It had to be a four. Yeah. Because it was not watchable, but it had to have the highest because of the quality of other things. Yeah. The CGI was great. Like the special no, effects this in this movie, movie were very is higher good. than that. This is higher than the dig because it wasn't boring. We can give it. Uh, I guess like a decimal as well. Oh. We're ringing down. So. Yeah. Well, the dig was like a 4.5. Because it's just like you just it wasn't good enough to watch. But everything was right. But was this good enough to watch? <sighs> Fuck. I don't know. Like, Are we having a very American-centric view of this movie? Absolutely not. I, I No. I went to film school. Incorrect. <laughs> I, I, I think this movie is more watchable to people. I don't think it's as boring as The Dig. Okay, I'll say it's it's entertaining, unlike The Dig. Wouldn't that technically qualify as worth the watch then? Or worth your time? Because I guess those are two separate categories. Is it worth watching and is it worth your time? If you're into this kind of shit, I'm going to say yes. If you're, you know, I guess... I don't think it was worth watching, but I don't feel like I wasted my time necessarily. That's Yeah, I would agree with that. So maybe I'd give it like... A 5.5. 5.5 maybe. Yeah. I'm thinking. I hate Boo, by the way, from Monsters Inc. I hate when people fucking. I hate it. I'm 5. saying. 5.7. 5.7. He's more into sci-fi, so I could see that. But it. I don't know if it tickled the itch in the right way. There was. There was both. Stuff that was explained and stuff that really wasn't explained enough. Not that good sci-fi doesn't necessarily have to explain all of the rules of its world for it to be good. But this was just a weird jumble of basically sci-fi techno jargon. It was a jumble of movies that were better than it. You know what I mean? And not Elysium. That was also trash. But at least it had Matt Damon. True. Yeah. But But I guess these guys are also famous in their own way. Are they? I don't know who they are. In Korea. You thought they were from Parasite. They weren't. Leave me alone. They were still in famous. They were in big movies. Okay. Well, whatever. Wally is dope. Firefly is 
amazing and even with the jo- uh, joss and whedon controversy um Oof. whatever <laughs> all right guys that's it catch yeah. us next whenever because i don't actually know when this is getting released but soon enough catch yeah. us in the next episode of the 52 okay bye see ya